Welcome to Season 5 of the Leadership Educator Podcast, your source for knowledge and expertise in facilitating leadership education, training, and development. Interested in keeping up with the latest conversations across the leadership discipline? Want to add more to your resource toolbox with practical strategies for teaching, learning, and program design without changing your routine? This is the podcast for you. If you haven't done so already, please hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Well, hello and welcome to the Leadership Educator Podcast. I'm Dan Jenkins, Chair and Associate Professor of Leadership and Organizational Studies at the University of Southern Maine. And I am Lauren Bullock, Assistant Professor of Instruction at Temple University, and we are both excited for today's episode of the podcast. This season, we're looking at leadership from a global perspective. We've talked before about leadership both in the U.S. and outside, but this season we're featuring leadership educators in Europe, Africa, Australia, and Asia. We are joined today by Wajiha Ihas, a lecturer in leadership and management at the National Defense University in Islamabad, Pakistan, and a student of leadership as she is pursuing her doctorate in management science from NUML University, also in Islamabad. Welcome to the show, Wajiha. Thank you very much. Yeah, Wajiha, I'm so excited that we're able to have you on the podcast as a guest. So we had an opportunity to meet through our mutual interest in followership and specifically Ira Shalef's global uh, teaching followers courage community. And that meets virtually every month. Uh, so I've had a chance to see you more often, uh, which has been great. Uh, but in 2018, we were both part of Ira's courageous follower train the trainer workshop at the ILA global conference in West Palm beach that year. Uh, and that's where uh, we also got to meet uh, Sharna Fabiano in person for the first time uh, after seeing her on the teaching uh, followership through Tango uh, video that her and Ira uh, produced that has become pretty pretty famous in, in our leadership educator space. Uh, and we had her on the podcast back in April. And so I know you a little bit, uh, but I want to learn more about you. And so I know that our listeners, many of them haven't had the pleasure of meeting you either. And so could you please share a little bit more about yourself and, and how you became a leadership and followership educator? Thank you very much, Dan. Such a wonderful memories of training with Ira. It was just my, you can say, a changing perspective, changing of horizon experience. Now, uh, just telling about my little bit about my other audience and who I am and who I belong. I'm Vajiha Rayas, as Lauren introduced me. I'm working as a lecturer at National Defense University, Islamabad. Interestingly, my life starts I'll be sharing my life experience from the age of 18 years. In Pakistani society, at the age of 18 years, 1993, I got married and I was just doing in my college degree. I had undergraduated. That was a time my life changed and I have learned that one needs to be optimistic. Okay, if you cannot get education, at least you can put yourself in certain direction. After 15 years of my married life, having three kids with me in 2008, again, I started off my education. And I am luckily representing a Pakistani woman who is supported by a Pakistani man, my husband, who gave me courage to get education and work in the organization. So interestingly, in 2012, I did my master's in leadership and management study from National Defense University, where I'm working at the moment. I represent the sanguine face of Pakistan, a 
Pakistani society supported by the men who give opportunities to the women. So that was a time during my MS degree. I was, my professor told me that you have to look for a, a book and learn that how leadership works. At that time, interestingly, I was going through a book of Richard Daft on leadership experience. And there I saw a chapter of followership. That was the first introduction of me in 2012, what followership is. And I was so lucky at that time in 2014, once I was completing my degree, at that time, first followership symposium was organized. At that time, Ira Chalif and Robert, uh, uh, Robert Cohns, I maybe you remember him, that he was a person who introduced me towards the first followership symposium. And there I presented the uh, courageous followership, life of Nelson Mandela as a courageous follower and courageous leader. So that was my beginning of a journey of followership. And there it goes. Then I met ERA and afterwards, I started working on the interesting and very, you can say different model, which is very applicable and very need of time in my society, Pakistan. This is what how I introduced with leadership and followership. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, and I love that incredible story about how you talk about the support of your husband. Um, I feel like it, in our lives, we need that support to, to persist through graduate education, both masters and doctorates. So we're both pursuing our doctorates and you need you know that support from your family. Um, and you mentioned how you got introduced to followership and how you connected with Dr. Ira Cheloff. Um, can you share how... Um, you created this engagement with followership with your students and your classes, specifically like you were excited about that idea. So how did you connect it? How did you bring it into your classroom? Thank you very much, Lauren. It was uh, a very difficult thing once I spoke with my student regarding courageous followership, because we are living in a society where people, they don't take courage to talk. But what I do, interestingly, I started connecting courageous followership model of assuming responsibility, serving the leader and challenge the leader with our religious practices, with our holy book, Quran. Then I took verses from the holy Quran and related each dimension of courageous followership with the Islamic work ethics. That was a time where students, they started you can say connecting them with the thought, with the idea of courageous followership. But still, uh, it, it's been, I think, seven, eight years I'm working on this model of courageous followership. The most problem uh, we face, that is the last two dimension of courageous followership, that is how to challenge the leader and how to take the moral action. So whenever we discuss in my classroom, still I discuss this model in my classroom. Interestingly, today I had a session with my undergrad students where I initiated the discourse of followership and courageous followership that how you can become a courageous follower. But the question remains the same, that how to challenge the leader and how to take moral action. Because where you have so much uh, economic issues, where you have so much problems in the society of jobs, of uh, making ends meet, then how you can leave the organization. Somehow or the other, such practices stay with them. But again, I uh, connect with our historical, uh, you can say leaders. Like for example, Tipu Sultan, he was an Asian leader. He's known as a tiger of uh, subcontinent. 
and i just uh, narrate his stories his you can say endeavors that how in his life in followership role and leadership role how he developed himself and became a courageous leader so this is how uh, narrating with the stories narrating with the examples and relating it with the values connecting the dimensions with the values of the culture i am making my way and people they are listening and adopting this is how it happens oh i love hearing that and and, and it's so funny that you say like you, you kind of you met them where they are like teaching 101 so you know that they have this strong connection to religious practice so it's how can i use that thing that they're so incredibly familiar with to teach them this idea um especially too when when like leading from the follower position is something that goes against everything we're taught. Like we're in school, we're raised to respect the teacher and we're kind of, we're brought up in this authoritarian space yet at 18, we're expecting our, our young people to flip almost to say, okay, what you were doing for the last 15 years or 13 years in school was wrong. You now got to start challenging. And, and I think it's such an interesting thing and I wonder how many people are very like intentional about recognizing that that flip that you have to make. You know, you have to tell folks what they've known since they were little is now it needs to change now that you're an adult. Um, and I think that's such a hard thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, very, very true, very true, Lauren. And you know, uh, what I have experienced while talking to my undergraduate students, they listen because this generation, this uh, young generation is very much receptive to the new ideas. The problem, what they asked me a question, ma'am, what about the leaders? Because they don't listen to us. We are ready to talk. We are ready to challenge. So what about that generation? How we are going to change? So I say, let's wait that once you will become a leader, then the generation will be changed and we will see a new look of leadership and followership dynamics. But no doubt about it, there is a uh, problem of uh, you can say generational gap that issue is still there that how to transform and how to change that scenario that needs a lot of effort and time yeah yeah definitely it's it's so interesting to to hear you speak about some of the the alignment with values and how your students are I guess exploring their leadership identities. It's it's very similar to the process that we take students through. I'm teaching an, an introduction to leadership class right now, primarily undergraduate students. I think all but one student is between like the age of like 18 and 24. We have one one older student who's a who's a um, a veteran, and we are this Friday's class is going to be it's leading with integrity, which is part of the textbook that we're using, which uh, is. Uh, Kamavez Lucas and McMahon's exploring leadership for college students who want to make a difference. And one of the activities that they're doing is going to be exploring their own values and doing a values assessment. Uh, there's actually the Values Able Leader Project, which is a tool that the Center for Creative Leadership offers, um, which I think we, I think when we had uh, Chuck and Stedman on a while ago, I think they talked about that, that activity, but I, but I could be wrong. We'll put it in the show notes, but it's a great free resource for doing values exploration. And so what I was thinking about when you were we were sharing that is we in the um in the united states we do have a lot of faith faith-based and religious-based leadership programs 
some are specifically focused on training future leaders in divinity, um, you know, whether it be, you know, r- rabbinical or, or pastors or what have you, but some, uh, not even some, we have many leadership programs that are at faith-based universities, a lot of Catholic and Jesuit universities in particular. I know we had Tony Andonoro on uh, earlier this year, and he's he started the ethical leadership program at St. Thomas University in Miami. And there's just a lot of it seems natural to align and to share, like you said, share stories and make connections for the students between whether it be the Quran, the Torah, the the Bible, what have you, because these stories are so central to our, to many individuals' education and uh, the familiarity with those texts can certainly be a great place to to start from. So I, I guess my my question around that is, have you seen that also come into some of the training that you've been doing for public and religious organizations outside of the university? And what are those experiences like when you're teaching uh, leadership and followership? Thank you very much, Dan. Very interesting question. Recently, uh, uh, 15 days ago and just two, three days ago, I have just um, underwent a training. I just conducted a training on courageous followership in public sector organization, one of the Benazir Income Support Program, one of an organization in Islamabad, and one of a group of a public, private, corporate sector uh, employees of grade 18 and 19 officers. So I had a very interesting experience in these two trainings. Interestingly, we were flooded with leadership. Everyone, every participant, first they were not ready to listen that what is followership is that everyone has an obsession that we are here to uh, get the training on leadership. But once we started with the discussion on followership, and once I related the triangle of followership and how important the role of followers, and especially courageous follower in our society where we have so much toxic triangle in most of the organization and we are not performing good, we have economic crisis, so many issues. So how to break the triangle, the solution lies in the courageous followership. And interestingly, at the end of the training, everybody was on one page. And interestingly, in last training, I came to know two new dimensions of to become a good follower that is competencies and character. That was very interesting that among the participants, they started discussion that in along with the dimension of courageous followership, we need a competent individual and an individual who is having a high character. The same I will relate the Dan earlier you told that faith-based organization and they're talking about the integrity the value, the character. So that is very much important, whether we teach our younger generation or our public sector employees or our senior generation, that we should make a voice that integrity, character, competencies, they are the key components, whether we are in a leadership role or we are in a followership role. So I had a very interesting findings and trust me, people, they listen. Once you tell them, they are ready to listen. And uh, the takeaway, what my participant took from my training, it was that, that they are going to see their role now differently. They will not see themselves only leaders in their organization. They will see themselves as a follower too. 
and they promised me that they will give space to the followers they will give them a space to speak up so that we can perform well in our organization so it was very interesting and uh, you can say good takeaway after introducing the concept of courageous followership that's definitely interesting it's it's definitely a a stream too that i've experienced and i know that we an opportunity to present with, and I think you've met uh, Angela Sprenger because she was involved with the the leadership or the followership uh, member community through the ILA as well. Um, and we when we presented it at the conference last year, we were talking about a chapter that we had written on uh, followership and post secondary education. And one of the big challenges for followership uh, trainers and educators is everyone, well, I don't say everyone, most people have some requisite knowledge around leadership. If you ask the question, who knows about leadership or who's ever heard of leadership? Everybody raises their hand. But then with followership, you know, you're starting from a much different space. Sometimes people look at you like you're crazy um, or they've never heard the word before. The spell check doesn't even pick it up. You know, sometimes it doesn't recognize the word. And so that that is definitely yeah. a, a commonality that we have as you're starting from an introductory level. What what are some what is a strategy or an activity that you've used to help your learners or your students or the participants in those those training programs? Like what what is a yeah, what is an activity or or something that you do to introduce them to the concept and to help them really understand and be willing to take on that role and understand that yes, I take on this role of follower too. Interesting. Thank you very much. Very good question. First of all, I start with the word, breaking down the word followers. I will just ask them, first write down, what do you understand by followership? What are the meanings of follower and what are the word followership stands for? Then they start responding differently. Somebody will say submission. Somebody will say following the order, somebody will say different words, they start building. After they build the words, different meanings, then I explain those words with their organizational context. Okay, if you say this is a submission, is it a passive submission or adding value to the role? After going through this activity, then I differentiate them. Then I uh, make their different roles. Identify what are your different roles you play. Someone will say, I uh, I am a father. Some will say, I am a mother. Then they say, we are a teacher or I am an HR manager. Different role, they're starting playing uh, and identifying their different role. Once they identify their different roles, then I link them that, okay, in this role, you are a teacher or a HR manager. What about your boss? Are you subordinate to your boss? Or what about your employees? From their roles, like if somebody will say father, so and son uh, roles, that every individual play different roles in their society, in their professional life or in their social life. One father-son relationship, then I built it, okay. Here you are a father, you are a leading, you are a son, you are a subordinate. Isn't it so that you have to play two roles differently? The same goes for the organization also. So I take them from the unit of organization, their home to their workplace. This is how they understand and link those roles of leadership and followership. And at that moment, that is a moment, they say, oh, yes, we are follower too. 
oh, I never thought about it. Yes, I need to play both roles. I'm a son, I'm a, a father, so I'm a boss and I'm a subordinate. That's it. So here it is. So that was very interesting way. Slowly, gradually, again, they start feeling that we have two roles and they both role demand different, you can say, experiences. What is a son role and what is a father role? What is a boss role and what is a subordinate role? All these roles, they go collectively. Because, you know, Pakistani society, we are a very collective society. If we talk about the uh, framework of society, so we understand our family dynamics very quickly and very quickly we link with our office environment. So this is how I link and use that technique to build the discourse on followership and leadership. I love that you you kind of take their own words and say, okay, but you said this, but you also, you know, you do this in, in your family space. And, and I feel like when we start with this conversation around followership, there's this like genuine lack of just disrespect. And then by the end of the conversation, it's like, you know, you can see literally the mind blown emoji or, you know, you can see the light bulbs turn on for folks um, about how, you know, kind of you naturally respect these roles, even though when you're presented with that label, you know, that's not the first thing you think about, you know what I'm, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I love that. Um, so, you, you know, you've talked a lot about, you know, your work with young people and, and how you're kind of encouraging them to kind of change the system. You know, what do you think leadership education looks like in your space, in your country, in Pakistan, moving forward? Um, you know, Dan and I, you know, have regularly talked about you know, leadership in the U.S. and we've made some comparisons, but but this season we're really looking at kind of what does it look like in these other spaces? Um, for you, what are you seeing kind of like the next five to 10 years in terms of leadership education? Thank you very much. It's a very interesting question. Uh, in Pakistan at the moment, if we talk about, uh, you can say academic education, if we talk about academic degrees and education, we are very few universities, those who are having the degree of leadership and management studies. If I, I can clearly name two universities, one if one of university is my university, that is National Defense University. They are offering a bachelor's degree program in leadership and management studies in Islamabad. They are offering MPhil and PhD degrees also. And one of the Bahawalpur University, they are offering leadership and educational leadership. They're talking about the educational leadership, not organizational leadership. And one of the university in Lahore, Lahore University of Management Sciences, they also offer MS degree in educational leadership. Uh, educational leadership sometimes is more linked towards the curriculum designing and how to run the university. And if we talk about specific to political leadership, if we talk specific to organization leadership, so we have very few academic universities. Still, uh, you can say our university is, uh, it's been a six years they are working on that and it's a very new baby that we are also developing our uh, curriculum on leadership and management studies. And uh, uh, other than the university education, we have many leadership training programs. There are many leadership organization consultancies, people that develop leadership skill among the youth, among the practitioners, among the corporate section. Uh, what we talk about the education, we have bachelors of business administration, but it is more specific to human resource management, specific to leadership, and how to develop leaders and how to work on this dimension, that is still a long way to go. It's so interesting to hear 
how just the the evolution of uh, of, of leadership and uh, you know just thinking about our own spaces here in in the U.S. where um, there were it was very very context and industry specific kind of the birth of of leadership education in in this part of the world where first with agriculture um, in the in the 1950s and 60s teaching farmers and and industry uh, people that were producing corn and and other types of crops to uh, to be more uh, organized and and some of the processes that they were that they were leading and then it did stream into education and business and um, and some of the other sectors from there forward. And so I'll be curious to to learn more from you and to and to kind of watch how that evolves over the next uh, the next five to ten years too. And as you pursue your own uh, studies and your own doctorate within the university there. So so would you is there anything that you know we didn't ask you about that that you want to make sure to to share with us uh, and with our listeners? Thank you very much. It was such an interesting conversation. I just want to share uh, uh, the uh, verses which I earlier explained you about Tipu Sultan. You, uh, you uh, please read it also. Once you search Tipu Sultan, you will see he was a in a subcontinent. He was known as a tiger. And our national poet Ilama Iqbal, our national poet, a Pakistani national poet, he uh, uh, he had written a poem on Tipu Sultan call it Tipu Sultan advice. They call it Tipu Sultan advice. We In Urdu, it is known as Tipu Sultan ki wasihat. So first I will uh, narrate some verses in Urdu. Then I will be explaining you in English so that we can connect that how I'm going to connect with leadership and followership. <clears throat> it says, Baatiye dui pasand hai, haq la shariq hai. Baatiye doi pasand hai, haq la shariq hai. Shirkate mayanao haq ko baatil na kar kabool. In English it says, untruth conceals in various masks. But truth and God are both unique. There cannot be pool twixt good and bad. This fact is known from times antique. So here, my friends, I want to say that we must not mix twixt good and bad. Leadership and followership, we should take along and we should work on character, integrity, and the values. And embed those values, get those values from the culture only then we can survive. Only then we can progress. This is what I want to share, my leadership and followership definition. Well, thank you for such a powerful statement to end this episode of the podcast. And we'll be sure if you share with us some links to some of that material, we'll be sure to put them in the show notes. So if our followers want to uh, learn a little bit more they absolutely can. Um, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. We are so grateful for, you know, being able to share this space. Um, we are grateful for the work you're doing in your country and, and, and with others from different uh, countries to help uh, advance leadership in Pakistan. Um, and we want to wish you the best of luck this year. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you. Very much. My pleasure. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Leadership Educator Podcast. Remember, you can download all our episodes on all available podcast platforms. And when you go, please make sure you rate us five stars, as the more you rate us, the easier it is for others to find us. That's right, Lauren. We also invite you to interact with us on Twitter at Lead Educator Pod. That's L E A D E D U C A T O R P O D. And on LinkedIn by searching for the Leadership Educator Podcast. You can also follow us on LinkedIn by name. And on Twitter, I'm at Dr. Underscore Leadership. And Lauren is at M-R-S-L-A-U-R-J-B. That's Miss Laura J-B. We'd like to thank the James M. Cox Jr. Institute for Journalism Innovation, Management, and Leadership within the Grady College of Journalism and Mass Communication at the University of Georgia. The support was facilitated by Dr. Keith Herndon, William S. Morris Chair in News Strategy and Management. And a wonderful theme music was composed, performed, and mixed by Dr. Matthew White, trumpeter, composer, and associate professor and chair of jazz studies now at the University of South Carolina. You can check him out at www.mattwhitejazz.com. Matt, thank you so much for sharing your musical genius with our listeners. During the season, you will hear episodes featuring International Leadership Association members working globally to drive leadership education. Visit ilaglobalnetwork.org slash podcast for more information and to join the association. And finally, this podcast would not be possible without our chief partner, the Association of Leadership Educators. Please check out the ALE and all it has to offer at leadershipeducators.org. We hope you will listen to our next episode wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) 